Welcome to another episode of Everybody's Stupid Except Us. I'm Roz. I am Sean. And this is episode eight, which should be released, in fact, the day after my birthday. We record these uh, usually ahead of time, but as this one drops, I will probably still be alive. are you going to be i am going to be uh it is my what is it 19th 21st birthday nice in a row i keep turning 21 it's which, awesome. which is how much in real years 40 nice i did the math and i had to think real hard about it but yeah that's what's that's that's what's up that's what's going on One but in the, uh, in the what's new category we want to talk about uh, the fact that they found an underwater lake on mars a little bit of information on that and the whole water on mars thing uh and a couple other, you know, kind of weird new-ish noises. There was something that I even picked up on another show the other day or the other week. It was uh, a new shape has been defined by people called a scutoid. Uh, and then uh, under the what's cool, we were going to talk about, uh, Sean wants to talk more some about living off-grid. Is that for weirdos or is that for regular people? I've got a fair amount of insight on that one. <laughs> and uh, we want to talk about the difference between anticipation versus reality and... I heard this from a number of our friends over the years, possibly the difference between introverted and extroverted people could be more complicated. Under the WTF, there's a few crazy things going on here. And actually, two of them are pretty local to our area over here in eastern Canada. There's um, a big news story getting a lot of friction in Cape Breton, where a woman won uh, a contest, sort of like a bingo night thing. It's called Chase the Ace around here, where she won a 50-50 draw and she was... It was signed up to be split with her nephew, but now she's taken him to court, so we're talking about that because that's pretty crazy. And then another one is a local lady who – now, what, what is she doing? She's taking dogs. Yeah, she's she, stealing dogs. She tends them? to – I think it, at first, back in the day, she was known for, like, running puppy mills and stuff like that, but that became too much of a trouble for her because she had to, you know, actually take care of dogs. Uh, what she started doing, she graduated on to – um, marking houses that she knew had dogs and then coming back when people weren't home, breaking in and stealing dogs and then reselling them. So wow. she's, uh, she's terrible. on the loose yet again. So, you know, public service yeah, that, announcement that, for That anybody. led into a potential talk about uh, people going going to jail repeatedly and what what is good or bad or could be done about that. But yes. for the most part, we're just going to start by talking about Mars. Because I, I heard this... Um, I heard this on the radio, and these things come every every now and then. I know Vic's pretty horny about outer space things, well, so th- I I looked it up, and I'm looking up some things on on water on Mars, and I don't know the, the the simple version of me, you know, my explain it like I'm five thing is how everyone gets really excited about oh no, well if there's water on Mars and there's got to be life, and I think I, well, I expect in in my mind I have this cartoonish idea of the spaceship full of people landing and they've all got you know their beach clothes and they're carrying picnic <laughs> baskets and stuff and they're like oh good there's water here and, oh, oh, and yeah, someone forgot no, to tell them that there's, there's no, no air but air. there's water no i think yeah, like, yay 
I think the, I, mean, I know it's more complicated than that. Oh, but. it absolutely is, and I know <laughs> I know that you know that it is. This isn't one of those things. Um, but what everyone gets really you know excited about. Oh, there's water, so there's probably life. I'm thinking mm, maybe. Well, I mean, yeah, water is kind of one of those indicators that you're probably like if you're gonna find life, you're probably gonna find water first because it's like easier to find. But on the other hand, even if there's no life, it's kind of exciting because, I mean, humanity has some some fairly concrete mid to long range plans to eventually like visit, if not colonize Mars sometime in the future when the political climate actually um, is conducive to things like science or, <laughs> you know, yeah. science. But uh, and water is kind of a prereq. Not ha- if you can get there and not have to drag you know, a population's worth of water with you, but you have it there, then you have, you know, there's all kinds of stuff you can do with water besides just drink it. You need it to grow things. You need it to, I mean, you can, you set up big solar geothermal or whatever other solutions you have, depending on the area you're in, and you can use it to to split that. And then you have hydrogen and oxygen. You can do all kinds of cool stuff. Basically, it's not that hard with electricity to make rocket fuel out of water. You know, it's... It's one of those things that's cool to have, and I'm sure that's very exciting if you're Elon Musk. But I think it was it was just June, in fact. It was really recently that they discovered, or so, so, well, I think someone discovered this new new thing of water. I mean, water on Mars has kind of been a, a a thing in the news, in the science news, for like decades now. But at first, it was it was more along the lines of, oh, we found these what look like dry canals on Mars. Therefore, there must have been water at some point. And then they're like, oh, no, it's not actually that. But, you know, well, I, I, I did a small amount of research, you know, <laughs> kind of pouring over one quick page on it. And I learned that they, they have a pretty good idea as to what the topography of Mars was like based on what they're seeing as this is where water used to go. Mm. And all the water's pretty much gone or it's turned to ice by now. But literally July 2018, so a month ago, they reported the detection of a subglacial lake. Sure. Below the southern polar ice cap. Mm-hmm. And it's and then you know, one radar found it, and then they want to confirm that with a second radar. But the second, but they said, but the second radar probably won't detect it because it's not as good. It's it's an old Soviet thingy. And I went. Cool. Yeah, we don't so have. It's, it seems to be a at the temperature of minus sixty eight degrees Celsius. Yeah, the thing is, I, I mean, I know that you know back in the day, especially like you know in the I don't know fifties up until like the eighties, NASA had like an almost infinite amount of money compared to what they have right now for doing all this like really cool science. So compared to Canada, they had, I mean, Canada had a lot of good innovations, but NASA really, they they were king of space, right? And now they have like nothing. They don't have a space shuttle. They they have to like stick their thumb out and get a ride from the Russians. Indians. (laughs) Yeah, or China or whoever. Pretty much anybody. Pretty much everybody is doing better now than, than, you know, North America. But. I work for a a government science agency, and I can tell you definitively that if if the gear that those guys are using are of the similar era and (laughs) like quality of of what our guys are using, I mean, it's they're doing really good with what they got, is what I'm trying to say. You know, it's there. It's it's. I mean, we're lucky as far as I can tell. It's only because we have 
a lot of really, really smart people doing a lot of work that we ever even know if it's raining out. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently that's really complicated. It, I, well, yes, but in so far as Mars, I mean, they they keep trying to, and I don't know whether this has any kind of correlation with the space agency, but every now and then there's kind of a resurgence of popularity of like, mm-hmm. a, a number of years ago, about ten years ago or however, it was Red Planet and Mission to Mars. I think were the two Ghost space movies about it, and then oh, go, oh God, don't know. Ghost no. of Mars. Uh, what was the no. other uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. I, Total Recall. There was a well, ton Total of Recall Mars. was the '80s. Was so it? There, there have been the most recent one, of course, being The Martian, which yes, was, a bit, was so good. Trying to be a, a bit more sciency than yes. anything, but I think they're trying to. Someone's trying to excite people about let's go to Mars, and yet everyone's sort of thinking why. And my my thing about this: so we found a subglacial lake, and I think let me know if you find like, a treehouse. I mean, don't there's a Starbucks. Yeah, could you just something of import (laughs) geology? I know there's rocks and geology and there's stuff. Yeah, for you and me me... and guys on the street, you know, it really doesn't make any difference in the short term. I can see where in the long term it does make a huge difference. Because like I said, if we... I don't think we're going to colonize it within our lifetime. You know what, though? I wouldn't... I believe... The thing is that there's no reason... I'll give you ten bucks if we do. It's... There's no scientific, technological, or engineering reason that we can't. It's nope. a, it's a financial and a political reason, and I yep. think I think we've both seen in our lifetime. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying that it's. I wouldn't say it's an impossibility. It looks really bleak with the current or the last few administrations, really, both on north and south of the border, that anything like that is likely to happen. Like, but you know what? If the if if Russia came out and said, you know what, we are 30 years from being able to colonize Mars and we are going to do it and we're going to take ownership of the whole planet, I guarantee you that there would be a massive push on the part of the United States to do it, just like there was in the 50s to get to the moon. Yeah. You know, and it's, I mean, that's that's the only reason. Those guys went to the moon on basically like a Timex watch and a can of farts. They had like nothing. Compared Did you to, know that, that the Russian space agency has uh, a rover on Venus? I knew they had some stuff on Venus. I don't know if I was aware that it was a actual like live rover. Well, no, I don't think it's, it's that. I think it's just you know it's it, it, I think it's a successful landing. I don't think it's just debris. I didn't know oh, too they, far into they, that. But they, I, 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 they I landed. Thought, Why don't and, I know this? They landed cool. and took some pictures. Yeah, Venus, Venus is kind of a kind of a crappy place to be though. You don't really want to be there. Well, the more I the more I look up about Mars, oh, I mean, yeah, so they've got lake, lakefront property apparently now, yeah. and that's why yeah, everyone wants go to there. go there. It's yeah, cooler by the lake. So anyway, you know, it's if you, if you listen to some of the more visionary people like Elon Musk, uh, I mean, whatever whatever else you think about his personal politics and his this and that and the other thing, it's um, he he firmly believes, and he's like one of the one of the front runners about colonization on mars within our lifetime and the thing is is i mean he's he continues to just throw money after money after money on this spacex stuff which is it's i mean that's that's the goal of all of that spacex stuff that he's doing you know i mean he's not he's not just doing that for fun although i'm sure it's great like you know you're into model rocketry that's awesome let's build like 10 billion dollar rockets and send them to the moon 
But, hmm. you know, it's... I, I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but the thing is, is that political whim can change so radically overnight, and you never know. Like I said, there's no reason we can't other than the fact that nobody wants to pony up the money, manpower, and time to do it. Unless Russia turns it into a dick-swinging contest, yeah, and then or China, yeehaw, we're all going to Mars, we'll be there next month. You know, any, any... But apart from that, the scientists who want to do it regardless of the dick-swinging contest, they just keep trying to find different things, mm-hmm. but it's just not... Uh, jump-starting my imagination yeah. just yet. Yeah, like, like I said, find me a an ancient merry-go-round, or you know, you turn the planet <laughs> around and this ginormous crystal gears sticking out of the side of the planet, and yeah, the whole thing was just one giant air conditioner for for you, Earth. You got a million years ago. You got weird ideas of what you're going to find up there, man. I guarantee you, it's 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 red rocks and and frozen water. That's that's yep. it. That's that's it. But you know, garbage disposal. Could that be terraformed to turn to turn it into Earth too? Probably Dumb. someday in like a, you know a half a dozen generations, maybe we'll and have. No one's really tried terraforming. I mean, that is pretty much going to be that. You know what? Though we have that's we've terraformed Earth, not necessarily for the better. But <laughs> hey, let's do that again. But I mean, we we have shown that our activities, unintentional activities, can you know, change the composition of the atmosphere, can raise the temperature of the planet. I mean, there's no reason we can't do it. We just need to, you know, instead of just firing stuff everywhere and on by accident, we can target and say, okay, we need to raise the CO2 levels or the methane levels or this and that, you know, the moon and the stars, whatever we're going to do. And and it could be done. We're not... I, I de- can. Yeah, that's the thing. Is I, it, I think space is cool. <laughs> I just... Uh, maybe it's just not cool enough. Just yet. You know, I, I want I want it to be a sci-fi novel where you hop on the spaceship and you get beamed away and everything's all you know fast and easy. But we're still that's probably not going to happen. The, we're still at the twisting things together yeah. and firing people away. Yeah, with, you know, duct tape wrapped. Yeah, we're still we're still in the, in the like strap a, strap a dude to a firework and light the fuse and run away. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and then no. say all right, <laughs> off you go. You'll be on Mars in four years. Bye bye. I think it's like six months now, isn't it, or eight months? Mm. I don't know. Too long, but a freaking a freaking while. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, yeah. even si- a six month journey. I mean, how long did it take people to get from Ireland to New York in whenever eighteen something something back in the day? It would have been months on that ship. Oh yeah, I think it's three months across the Atlantic back in the day. So I mean, you know, and you and never and you don't know. When I get there, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna be able to live? You know, am I gonna die on the way? It was a very similar mentality and there were people that were willing to do it or we wouldn't all be here so anyway moving on space is cool space is cool you know you know it's not quite as cool or at least i don't think so this new scootoid thing <laughs> have you seen this i i have i was like i don't know it's like there's a million what? like there, you can make any random shape and it's a shape but then i was like it's just a shape it's like saying you name you made a new color by pick by throwing darts at a thing on a board I, like at, you a, know, the, at a color wheel at yeah. a color wheel but and then and the, oh it's a new color and it's like well but then i actually started looking into it and i'm like okay it actually has some mathematical basis and and you know it's the building blocks of multicellular organisms and blah 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 so it actually it is a, a, a shape you know much like the um the hexagon and all these other like you know bees build hives and they're like nobody teaches bees how to make hives in the in that geometric way they just do it and this is kind of one of those things that life makes this shape. So let's name it because it exists in nature. So I, I guess I've I, only seen one picture of it. Like, what happens when you flip it over? Is it is it different on the bottom? Because it looks like two hexagons 
squeezed together. And then a slopey bit, and then, it, yeah, it's it's it's, it's, all, it's a very irregular shape, so it's kind of... Also, why is it always in two colors? I think it's so you can more easily tell the two... Because otherwise, it would kind of be like, you'd be looking at it, and uh, is that line coming in or going out? And it'd be one of those things that could like a like a 3d cube drawn on paper it's like yeah, well that could resolve in multiple ways whereas if you color it like this it kind of flattens it a little i don't know i think it's just for illustration well, but yeah see. anyway it's just i mean it's cool but i bet i mean is it the only thing that exists like that are there other shapes like what happens in the phospholipid layers of the cell membranes do those form like funny crystalline shapes are we going to name those i don't know <laughs> everything a has fractal. a fractal Everything has a name, and I, like I started looking into this, like I've I've had a problem with you know various parts of my bodily structure since I'm 40 as well, and everything falls apart when, after you turn 36. So mm-hmm. I started looking around. I'm like, what's this you know part of my knee here called? And I look it up so I can explain to my doctor what part hurts and stuff like that. And like every little like that every part of your body, like at the bottom in in the center of your rib cage, at the bottom of your sternum, where yeah, there's like a little pokey bit that pokes down, and it's like that has a name, and it's like a, a something process. And I'm like, what your rib cage uvula? What are you? Yeah, talking that about thing, here? that thing, the rib cage uvula. It, oh, okay. It, it has. It How has many scutoids. Does it have? Uh, like seven. It's, oh. it, yeah. It's uh, but yeah, like all this different parts of your body, like every rib, and every every like nodule and node and. I understand that, like, you need to name things so you know. So when people are talking about anatomy, oh, your, you know, your, your, your left hyacinth your process, your left occipital and, lobe. Yeah, it's like, but seriously, people that study anatomy are just like they Dictionaries. must. They must study so much to commit all of this to memory. I mean, yet another reason I didn't become a doctor. Well. Yeah, the books that, are huge. That and your GPA might add something to do with it. Well, I don't know. If I really wanted to become a doctor, I probably would have cared a bit more. Oh, I understand that. I mean, the, the main reason that I didn't do well in school was I couldn't see the point. Yeah. I you, don't know. That's part of it. You know what? I was exactly the same way, except that <laughs> I I have the ability to retain things that I see and hear better. Because, I mean, you and I both, I don't think, ever cracked the book or studied outside of class. Um, I, I no, certainly, I certainly did often. I certainly did. I never once opened a book outside of class. I mean, I would sit down and do my assignments because, I mean, we both did CS. So there was a lot of assignments that were like, oh, write this program, draw a circle around your name, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that stuff is, you know, you sit down, you, you build a thing and then you send it out and it's done. But like I did a political science class because I needed to fill an, I need an elective to fill a year. And the only thing that was available in the time slot that I wanted was this political science course. I'm like, that's first year political science. Who cares, right? I'll take it. I'll just just bonk through it and get it done. And I failed that course so hard because... Because you had to open a book. I was like, I don't have all this garbage memorized, like all of these terms and all of it. It was basically a history course. And I'm like, this is stupid. So uh, <laughs> so anyway, that was just one of those things where, you know, I never, I never studied and I didn't have to care because I managed to pick up most of the stuff as we were going through it. But that's one of the reasons why I think the main reason why I failed that course is because I probably never went to that class very much. I cared so little about it. I usually went and played pool with John. 
Yeah, that's that's what I did with just about all of my electives. And, you know, yeah. yet again, wondering why and how I ended up with a damn degree. Yeah, 2.0. Still, still no no idea how that how that occurred. I think uh, it was just great. stubbornness, and I stuck around long enough that they just handed me a bit of paper to shove like, me out the door. Here, go away. And then you didn't go away. <laughs> yeah, I have, a, I have a degree in here, go away. Yeah. Stop giving us your money. Yeah. <laughs> here, let us give you some money for a while. Oh, in in between uh, the new the new stuff, what's new and what's cool? I just wanted to quickly. I, I, actually, it hasn't been that bad yet because I was going to apologize for our voices because I I feel like I haven't used my voice pretty much all day. And you you were saying that you have a bit of a a, a cough, and I yeah. feel like there's I, I feel like my throat is almost being pinched. So I've got this. What do I call it? The top end wheezy. Where top if end I try wheezy. to laugh, it goes. <laughs> I sound like a party favorite that's, when I laugh. That's today. me most of my most of the time. I have a very wheezy laugh. Wheeze. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on to wheezy laughs. In uh, what's cool, we we um, quickly want to talk about living off grid. Is it just for weirdos? Yeah. Short answer: Yes. I understand that living off grid. This I, this is this is a me topic, and I understand. I kind of sprung this on Ross, but I want to. I no, it's I, there, and yeah. I I I don't know. I feel like I may have known more off grid living people than you. Oh, absolutely, and and I was thinking of that guy. Because uh, I've been I was, exposed to all the hippies. Yeah, I know at least one of the guys that you know is like, oh, I only have a flip phone, and oh, I'm, I'm lumberjacking, and you know, it's and that's him. <clears throat> I um, I forget who that person is. I don't know. You'll, we, you'll have to narrow it down. I know a we, lot of we, people like that. We had lunch with <laughs> him at Patty's one time, and anyway, um, so yeah, I was started. I don't even remember how I found this guy on YouTube, but I follow a couple of guys who do some like extended hiking sort of videos where they'll go out into like the North Ontario wilderness on a lake for like a week and they'll film it kind of like Survivor Man but not really because they're camping not surviving mm-hmm. um, they and, take all their stuff with them yeah, Survivor they, Man they is take, all about yeah. I'll just use what's around me yeah exactly they, they, they're not trying to be that they're just going and showing you know like the wilderness and the things they do how they start a fire and all that kind of stuff and I um, I found these guys that were like it's this, it's this young couple with a, a daughter at least one kid and they've decided that they're going to live entirely off-grid. So they don't live, like, in the middle of nowhere. They do still live, like, like 20 minutes outside of a, of a, of a decent-sized town, so they can go oh, yeah. there if they need, you know, like, medical care or whatever. But they, they homeschool their daughter, and they just live off the land. Like, they, they do. don't have jobs outside of subsistence living. So they grow their own food, and I'm sure other things they grow. And they also... Um, <laughs> Yeah. Was, was that a was that a reference to uh, the fact that we think the most most hippies into this kind of thing are pot smokers? I don't think that's a that's a unfair <laughs> judgment to make. <laughs> I don't either, but you know, correlation but, uh, does not apply causation. No, that's true. Or however, that works. but and you know they they hunt and they, I think they, he might do some like part time work or something in order to fill fill this, in the cracks. This sounds a hundred percent more hardcore off grid hippie than my yes. experiences with off grid. These are like uh, the off-grid the off gridest hardcore people that i have yeah. ever seen and they're like they're serious about this lifestyle it's it's they're they define themselves this way and they do a really good job they have a really nice place that they've built on their land and you know they 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 do like very appropriately homeschool their kid um i think his wife is a retired school teacher or, or a, a school teacher she was a school teacher and left 
um, a former school teacher, I guess was the term I was looking for. And so they, you know, they do all this and he, they've, they talk about different things like how they've, they have these roles that they've fallen into or that they don't feel like he's, in today's society. Sometimes it's like taboo to say, oh, you know, women cook the meals and women clean the house and men go out and do the work and stuff like that. And he said, it doesn't have to, there's no set gender roles and stuff like that, but they've fallen into the roles that kind of mirror the old thing where she's in the house oh the hundreds of years of colonial times when yes. we didn't have established roles and that, but we and just that fell works. into them because it was natural to well, do so i would say it's natural it, it's it's cultural but there's there's parts of it i mean like like in well, general the conversation happens really quick you've got this emaciated woman who's never really been given much of an opportunity and then this dude who's had to prove himself to his father and everyone's got yes. you know emotional issues on both sides of things so they <laughs> so they do things like okay we need that tree chopped down and and cut up and turn into a fence the Absolutely. dude looks at the woman and is all like get to it so <laughs> f that <laughs> i'm going to go in here and need some bread dough if you have two people that you bring from current modern society and put them into this environment, especially at their choice, there's nothing to say. Like if you if you put, for instance, me and my wife in that scenario, absolutely, I'm the guy that's going to be out chopping the trees and butchering the animals and stuff like that because, you know, I'm huge and she is very much not. Uh, but there are some scenarios where I can see, you know, it doesn't really, there's no there's no set. I, don't, I wouldn't say it's a, it's a natural thing. It very much is a... Um, some of it is natural, I suppose. Like women are gun women probably should be at least mostly involved in, for instance, uh, child rearing and especially early child rearing, since they're the ones who you know make the babies and they're that's the ones that feed the babies. Kind of genetic, yeah, exactly. That's that's there's that's I can't do anything I, about that. I don't have boobs. I, I guess the danger the danger I'm all, I I I think about sometimes is like what let's say you're you're going out to to do the chopping or the something and the wife comes out you know little house on the prairie and shouts after you or something like that says oh can you help me fold these sheets or or the, the alternate is that it, of that is hey do you, that huge you know bundle of logs do you need some help carrying those back and if your answer happens to be something like I'm not going to fold no sheet. That's women's work. Or yeah. you can't lift no logs. That's for a man to do. Now, Those are the two answers that are what causes problems. Yes. Now, are you, are you speaking of a specific person when you use those examples? Because I no? have... Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about Should that. Should I be? No, we'll talk about that <laughs> off mic sometime. But that's uh, <laughs> there's definitely somebody that we both know who have uh, who have said very similar things to that. Um, oh. but, uh, in any yeah. event, moving past that, uh, I was just, I'm so, so yeah, the, the, the off grid people that I know, um, th there's, so there's an Island, uh, in between Nova Scotia and PEI yeah. and on that Island, it's about 45 minute, you know, you take, you take a, a little small ferry out there and mm -hmm. there's a number of people, they all live off grid. But the thing about that is they all started living off grid there in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Well, not they all, but a number of them. Mm -hmm. So there's a number of communities. So it's almost like now a community of senior citizens. And at some point in the late 90s, early 2000s, it stopped being about, we'll farm this and we'll do this. And it became about drinking wine and playing cards with your friends. Oh, so you've got, you've got the big fruit and vegetable garden. So you mm -hmm. make pies, but you also 
you take the ferry over to the grocery store and pick up your meat and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's not quite as hardcore as these friends of yours that I'm impressed as hell by, by what they're doing. <laughs> but these are the ones that are sort of, here's my off-grid and we have you know passive solar coming in this way. And this the passive solar mostly charges the uh, the charge station for our iPhones. <laughs> and it thinks, it, it, they take a drastic turn really yeah. quickly. Like, yeah. here's, here's where it powers up the Wi-Fi and here's our Wi-Fi signal power. It's actually called, yeah, Spirit Flower Child is the password for our Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. But, and the, the only thing that just <laughs> completely switch topics again where what you were talking about is the, because uh, I've met a, a number of uh, homeschooled kids before and I had no problem with it, but I'm, I'm wondering if you're a homeschooled kid, hopefully they take field trips because yes. what if you're a homeschooled kid on it, effectively the 1800s plantation? Yeah. If you're a homeschooled and, child the, who not only is homeschooled, but never leaves ne- never socializes with anybody except your immediate family you are gonna have who are serious who, issues but not only that who are addicted to or you're just fully uh, committed yeah. to this off-grid thing to this in- very very uh niche lifestyle yeah so you, you, you would grow up thinking that that's normal a telephone pole for the first time as a 12 year old wearing your wooden clogs and your <laughs> linen dress it'd be like being on like what is this man yeah, no, I. Uh, I don't. I, I obviously don't think it's gonna be like. I mean, chances are, chances are, these people. I'm betting you they own a car. Yes, and they some probably sort of to, motorized. To, and there's a difference, yeah. I think, between necessarily living off grid and living primitively. Uh, like you can be off grid and still have a cell phone. I guess you can't by definition, can you? Well, you can't but, because the the solar can charge your battery. Yes, and you but can go you're, into town the, the, and get a phone plan. Well, I guess it depends then how what you consider living off grid. Like, are you? I don't know. I think there's multiple definite. Just like every every sort of lifestyle. Yeah, you've got a one to ten scale. Yeah. of... like you, you could know, live we, in a cabin. We sew our own clothes. You could live in a cabin in the woods, charging off of solar to charge your iPhone. Or yeah. you can not have any electricity and run on candles in the evening, and or yep. you know like like they used to. When the sun goes down, well, you go to bed. You know, it's it's kind of ah. Anyway, that's like on on a scale of one to ten, you've got your level one people who are you know we've we've dug this hole in a field and that's where we live <laughs> and we just you know there's a cow over there. It gives us it gives us milk and we've got this little patch of strawberries. We live on milk and strawberries and we're fine. That sounds That's like horrifying. A so halfway in between, you know, I know a number of friends, and they've got houses up in the uh, up in the mountain, you know, the the southern mountain along here, and and you can you just buy land and you just don't connect it up to the grid, mm, you and just, you just have you just have some solar, but is it runs the uh, the lights in your kitchen and things like that. And then, but do you live there, at the, or is that your cabin? Like, no, they live a, there. Okay, like they they live there year round, and and so up at the ten are a lot of these houses that are over on this on this island and a number of ones around here where you're actually you're right there you're like you could be downtown hmm. and you've just decided I'm not going to give money to Nova Scotia Power because a I've got a lot of disposable income from my 50 years as an insurance broker hmm. you know basically <laughs> sucking everything out of the system for that long but now I've decided that I'm better than that and I can live outside the system so i'm going to retire live in my off-grid house but live right downtown so i can go to the pub and the grocery store and get everything and here is eight thousand solar panels on the side of my house so that can charge my jacuzzi out back mm-hmm. and it's just it you, you're tr- it it's the same thing as that facebook kind of i'm better than everybody-ness mm. 
Like, look at me and my off-grid living. And I think you're living just like everyone else, but just because you can spend $80,000 to not pay Nova Scotia power prices anymore, that makes you think that you're better than everyone. You're still driving a BMW around town and you've still got you know, all, all the amenities of living modern, but just with this preachy undertone. Yes. Yeah, it's like people that drive and those. A those are the tens of douchebaggery. Yeah. Now, my my initial point was, I, I'm interested in it because I don't want to necessarily live off grid and be one of those crunchy granola, sew my own hemp clothes kind of people. But but I don't think you'd have. I don't think no, you have to be. I no, think you can I, have I a, agree. But my I I like to have. I would like to have a. My my uncle always had a cabin, and he loved being there and pretty much all winter long he would be there he'd skidoo into the cabin and you have a fire going in the in the wood stove and you know yeah he'd go out and you know chop some wood and just hang out and other people would come visit him and it was great it was it was off grid in that it had no solar it had no electricity of any kind mm. it had an outhouse you know it was, it was just a cabin in the woods and i don't think i'd want to live there for an extended period of time no it sounds like a cool getaway it sounds like a cool place to go and you get out there and, you know, people, you have a cell phone for an emergency, but, yep. you know, you, you don't, you don't really need my, it. Everybody knows where you are. So if you don't come back, well, come get me. <laughs> my thing about those kind of getaways, because this has happened to me more than once. Someone says, come on up to the cabin. It's really not, you know, it's away from everything. It's all from those peaceful out in the woods and nature. Come on, come on. I know a lot of Texans and people from the Calhoun, <laughs> apparently. And when you get out there, you know, you drive out there and you park on the lawn. It's really nice. It's all this grassy area. It's fields, you know, so quiet. You can just hear birds. And, oh, yeah, it's beautiful out here. It's really, really nice. Yeah, it's such a sunny day. Okay, cool. Yeah, come on in. Here's this. There's a loft up there. And, oh, look, I got even candles for when it gets dark at night because we don't got no lights because there's no electricity. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. And then it's like, oh, all right. Well. Now what? I'm going to go over and crank up the generator to get the fridge working so we can have some yeah. cold beer. Yeah. So you have eight seconds of peace and quiet, then all of a sudden, <laughs> and it's that for the whole weekend. The sound yeah. of this lumbering generator making sure the beer is cold. Yeah, it's like, maybe this isn't what you actually wanted if you have to do this kind of hackery to, to get what you had back at your house. Yeah. But then that kind of also ties into the next point. It's like even it if does. You, we smoothly segue. You like that. that? You like that? <laughs> that was very good. I was if about to if you get thing. to this cabin and like there's there's two scenarios. You get to this cabin and your anticipation is going to be what you said. Oh, it's quiet, just birds chirping, and on a lake, peaceful, tranquil. Maybe go for a swim later, or maybe read a book and do all this. It's going to be great. And then you get there and it's all and you're like, oh, yeah, this sucks. But you have the other option where every, you get there and everything is exactly the way you want it to be. Everything you envisioned in your head. And you're laying in the hammock and you're like, man, I wish it was at home playing Warcraft. Yeah, this you is know? so This is boring. boring. And that's that's the anticipation versus reality I was I was talking about earlier. That like, was the other thing that we wanted to talk about. You you want to do something and you have this thing in your head. And I'm I'm guilty of this myself. Like I love mm. camping. And I love biking, and I think we spoke in probably the first episode about the um, extra-long bike trip that I took, where I biked 100 kilometers to the campground with all the all my camping gear and set up camp, and it was terrible. It was absolutely <laughs> terrible. The camping was great once I get there, 
But man, that bike trip, I keep thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, it's going to be great. What a feeling of accomplishment I'm going to have. And you're halfway there and, and you think, man, this is really going good. I'm tired, but I'm not like injured tired. You know, I'm like, I know I can make this. And then the second half is so terrible. And all I think about the whole second way, second half of the uh, of the way is, this is dumb. Why am I doing this? I I knew what this was, and I forget every year and every year I do this again. I wish I never decided to do this. And then you get there and you're like, okay, well that's great. But then you think I have to turn around and go home. Yeah. I don't want to do that. That is so bad. And then you're trying to find ways to like bum rides home so you don't have to. But that's kind of. I, I have this built in my head that oh, it's going to go one way and then halfway there, I'm like, I wish I hadn't done this. But alternately, you get what I term the, the Daryl effect, um, where you're kind of like, I wish we could go and do this one thing. And, and everybody's like, that sounds cool. Let's all go do that one thing. And then you get yeah. there and 10 minutes later, you're like, let's all go do some other thing. Now, so... Is the Daryl effect that you have that feeling that as soon as you've started an activity, as soon as you've brought everyone along on an activity, you immediately want to change it? Or is the Daryl effect that you are being brought along on an activity and you think that when you get there, there's going to be cake and ice cream. And when you get there, just before the cake and ice cream comes out, someone says, yep, that was fun. Let's go back in the bus. That's a good question. Is the Daryl effect the feeling of the, <laughs> of, of the person who's affected or the feeling of the people that he affects? It's a good question. I'll have to come back to you Don't. on that one. Don't know the answer to we'll that. Circle one. back we, around on that. We then talked about this. We were talking about this before the show, before before you all started listening, <laughs> all two and a half of you. That when you go when you go to an activity, this happens to me fairly often in my in this little little town around here, where I say, "Hey, I'm not doing much. I should go down to the local, you know, restaurant, pub, music place, and listen to some music and play some open mic. That's going to be great. I'm going to go and see some friends and listen to some music, and it's going to be a great evening." And I go there, and as soon as I get there, I have like a a cup of coffee in my hand, and then I'm sitting down. It's nice, you know, decent. Um, decent decor and i immediately feel uncomfortable mm. and that i just want to be somewhere else now is that due to social anxiety or is it because you get there and realize this this wasn't what i anticipated last time so it, why is it going to be different this time i mean like what's what's the, i feel uh, like for that particular situation is more of an i i had an anticipation of being there would make you feel calm a way. me or make me feel it, it, yeah, it, it would give me some sort of emotional reward. And, it, and it doesn't. And it doesn't. Ah. So I, I guess that's just more of more exploration of I need to learn about myself a little bit better as to, you know, I, hey, I want to feel a certain way. So I'm going to do X, Y or Z. You know, some people say, oh, I'm, I'm, I was feeling really anxious. So I went for a nice walk through the woods. Hmm. I, and, and, and I think to myself, OK, so that, you know, P implies Q. You, you, you correlate that immediately in your head and you know that one will fix the other. Hmm. But for me, I, I kind of, I guess more than anything, I, I think, oh, I'm feeling kind of, kind of anxious. And that you're ding. Yep. Sorry. Ding. You know, if I, if I'm feeling kind of, kind of anxious and not myself and maybe like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm losing touch with, um, with, with the community or reality. I'm like, okay, well I, I need to go and do a thing and join something. Invariably what I do is I just go get in the car and drive someplace hmm. like i just drive until i feel like turning around and i've I done that a do number that a of lot. times and that feels nice i used to do that a lot that was always my thing 
if you know you get too much on your mind or you're feeling whatever anxious mm-hmm. or whatever yeah that would be, that driving was definitely a thing that i used to do um and here's the thing that is the most important about that particular going driving because I, I went driving and then I think I started messaging Leroy or something at the time because I was thinking about the fact that I had gone for a drive and thinking about what I'm trying to get out of it. And I remember back to a number of times when I was young, something that I did a lot and still do to this day. And I think this is also why I go down to just, you know, if, if I decide to do a thing by myself, it, there's one thing to say, I'm going to go, oh, I'm going to make plans with this group. Hey group, let's go do X. Let's all go to a movie and we go. And I don't Daryl affect it. We just go. But individually, on my own, I say, I'm going to go and do this. I have one reason for doing that. I'm almost positive that my sole motivation for doing a thing individually is to be, is to get found. I go somewhere. I go places. I do something in order to instigate this romantic chance encounter. I am addicted to the chance encounter. Yeah. I just want it to happen. And I'm almost always disappointed. I feel similar to that, except not like the social. I've always had this thing where I, I've felt probably, I mean, for as long as, long as I've had um, permanent friends when I was growing up, of course, I never stayed in one place long enough to really build up these long-term friends that I know a lot of other people have friends that you've had like your whole life or whatever. You went to grade school with them and stuff like that. I've mm-hmm. never had that. Um, until I got here, started university and met, you know, you and John and some of the other guys. And so now I had this idea and I mean, we pretty much did it for, for a while, mostly with your apartment where it's kind of like people just, it's like, it's like an episode of friends. People just kind of drop by and whoever's there, the the door opens and oh, you know, it's like the audience goes crazy. Oh, it's Vic. But, uh, so that was kind of something that I always, I always really wanted. So you know because i was like i i like getting I, I like doing stuff with people in a group but only if i know the group i don't mm-hmm. like things like when when other people would be like oh i'm putting a thing together with you know all this all the cs people or all of this club people or that club people do you want to come like not really because i know like you and i guarantee you're gonna abandon me as soon as we get there so no, not necessarily speaking to you actually, but whoever I'm speaking to, although you've done that to me before too. <laughs> I think probably, yeah. yeah. That sounds like but, a thing I'd do. But, uh, you know, that's kind of the thing. So it's like, yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying about that. I, I, I very much hear that. But um, I'm, I'm kind of like that with a lot of things. I've made mention of that before. People say, oh, you know, what do you do? Oh, I kind of like biking and I kind of like camping and I like hiking and I like, you know, doing all these things but I don't like doing any of that stuff by myself. And I don't want to do any of that stuff with somebody who doesn't want to be there, but is tagging along to like be nice. And I also, this tails back to something that we spoke of earlier. I don't necessarily want to do anything with somebody who's way below or way above my skill level at those things. Yeah. But, yeah. And I also or don't like being like, if we're going, say we're going for like a, I don't know, like a, like a big long day hike. We're going to Cape Split or, Cape Split is not really an example because everybody does that. But we're doing some big long hike and we're out in the wilderness. I don't want to be the most prepared and informed guy there because now I'm the de facto leader and everything is my problem. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I just want to be a guy in the back so I can enjoy myself. I don't want to be the I'm, alpha. I'm fine being I'm like beta. that with music and theater. And I yeah. keep, everyone keeps looking at me saying, no, what do we do? I'm like, I don't care. Well, that's what happens <laughs> when you stick with a hobby for this long. You become the alpha. 
your own uh, fault. You need to quit keep, keep switching up what you want to do all the time like I do. Neat. Every every couple of years get new things. <laughs> you'll you'll get you'll never get good at anything. It's great. <laughs> ne- never have never have a stable group, group of friends long term. Yeah. See great. how happy I am. Yeah. la la la. You want to you want to take up climbing? Do that for like 3 years. Then ditch it. Yeah. Never do it again. Buy all the I'm gear. Gonna... Never go again. Never go again. Yep. <laughs> Kill everything in sight. Well, well, anticipation versus reality. We're still go. struggling with it. Still struggling. And we're 40. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Speaking of old people struggling with reality, here's our two WTF stories going on here in Nova Scotia. <laughs> These people are all crazy. Yes. Like, not, well, I, okay. I almost don't want to uh, dishonor or insult crazy people. Well, These people are broken. Yeah, I mean, these people are legitimately mentally ill. Super duper broken. So this yeah. first one is this woman who she. Okay, so this this is a gambling thing called Chase the Ace, which means you go in and it's a 50-50 draw. Everyone knows how a 50-50 draw is. Everyone buys tickets and then one name gets picked. Half the money goes towards the chair, you know, what they're fundraising for. And half the money goes towards whose name was picked. Easy. They invented a way of making it even more ridiculous, which was. <laughs> wait, Introduce the a deck of cards. The person whose name gets drawn, you say, well, you can have 50% or, and then they do the, let's see what's behind door number two. They do, say, they even or. Have, do they have that 50-50 option? I thought it was just, if you, it, it, I, I guess think it if they say that the, it's it, definitely a chase the ace, then it, it, depends it has on the game. to be that. So yeah. if you, if your name gets called, you come up and you pick one card yeah, you out cut of a deck, the of, deck of 52. Yeah. And you and have it, to find, and if you get the, cha- the, uh, the ace of spades, then you win. And if you don't, then that money gets... Yeah, put towards the next round. So yeah, as, and it's, you know, it's diminishing it, or it's it's increasing odds every time a name is pulled because if you cut the deck and it's not the Ace of Spades, then whatever card you cut is removed from the deck, so that there's that much more chance the next time. Because otherwise, the game would just go on forever. But this way, they they, they make yeah they make it so that it can never go on for more than fifty two weeks, right? So here is exactly the scenario that happened. There is this woman. Her name is Barb Reddick. And she says to her nephew, Tyrone McInnes, why don't you go to chase to and get a ticket for us for Chase the Ace? And he and he says, all right, I'll go and do that. And she also says, write your name, write your name on the entry or on, on the ticket when you get it for good luck. So when you go and pick it up, it's my money that you're paying for the ticket, but I want you to put your name on it. So Barb says, Tyrone, you put your name on it for good luck. This is the main purpose, the main point of this whole thing. He puts his name on it. They win. And and then they get presented with this check for something like $1.2 million. But and it's got both of their names on it. This is a check for Barb and Tyrone. And, you know, this is a nice picture of the two of them getting it. And immediately after they take them, they're like, oh, this is such a great story. She turns to him and says, I'm taking you to court for the whole thing. This is my money. And this yeah. is her nephew. And the more she talks, the worse she seems. <laughs> Be- because she, she's, everyone says, why are you suing him for this? And she says, well, because I've been helping, you know, he's, he's my nephew. Of course I love him because I've been helping him out. And she's, she's been helping him out financially uh, with going to college. She helped him buy a car. You know, she put up money to buy him a car. So that, for some reason, is worth $600,000. So yeah. in her mind, she has in... She has uh, invested six hundred thousand dollars in this young man, being 
his aunt and in her words, surrogate mother, you know, second mother that she then says that he doesn't deserve to have the $600,000. She needs all of it. Yeah. Greed makes some people crazy, man. My favorite part of this whole story. I hadn't seen this detail until today. Do you know who actually cut the deck of cards to reveal the chase, the, the ace that won it, them? I'm guessing it was him. You'd be wrong. Oh. Do you want to guess it was her? It wasn't her either. You'd be wrong again. Okay. When their name got called to come up, neither of them were in attendance. So they got some random fireman to do it. Nice. And I'm I'm three quarters of the way through the story. And I'm like, this this has now gone full crazy. This is absolute gonzo nutso because they keep they will keep arguing back and forth. Oh, I did this. You know, I have the rights. Blah 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 blah. I think you didn't even. Well, you didn't even pull the card. By the rules of, it depends on the rules of the game. Like I know, I know our local SPCA does a chase the ace as well, and they every time they do a draw, they'll draw somebody's name and say this person, you know, whatever, whoever we're we're pulling for them. And it's these same two women that always, and one of them just cuts the deck at like shuffles and cuts the deck at random. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I, I get and, it. These and things they, happen they in abstentia. Yeah, and they do that with a through a, on a like what do you call it a Facebook Live stream every time they do it but again you're talking about a local spca chase the ace the pot ends up being like two hundred dollars not yeah. 1.4 million dollars well it's, again uh, this this is okay Let, let's let's not try to solve problem gambling in one in one episode here <laughs> but here here's the, the the best way that i can put my feelings on this whole thing are have you ever gone to a bingo night or like a VLT room. Those old and ladies are vicious. Have you ever seen anyone sitting there wearing like a three-piece suit and looking real successful? Very, very rarely. Mm. So. <laughs> no, I know what you're is, saying. Is going to bingo night slash chase the ace night. If you walk into a room of everyone who's playing these games, does it look like a lucrative uh, industry? It absolutely is not. You just look at the people who are playing the game. Look at yeah. the people who are gambling and recognize the fact that, oh, so if I were to become a gambler slash problem gambler, I could uh, I could have a really awesome, yeah. you know, it's, trailer. It's usually it's people who have absolutely no other chance at ever living a, you know, high end life. Those are usually heard- the people. The some someone I don't know if a famous person's ever said this, but the quote I love is "gambling is a tax on desperation." Yes, or pe- it, it's a it's a tax on people who are bad at math. It's, uh, <laughs> that's the lottery. The lottery is a tax on people who are bad at math. But here are these two. Uh, here here are two people slash one person who has won uh, chase the ace thing and just deciding that nope six hundred. So if I mean if I won six hundred thousand dollars and accidentally someone else's name, it could be a total stranger. And just, you know, through some weird thing. There's, this was a Nicolas Cage movie years and years and years ago about two people deciding to split mm. a, a lottery ticket. But if someone else... And, so, and, and they say, here, you won $600,000. And they tell me that this other person also won $600,000. I'm like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah. I don't need I don't need that big a house. I mean, that happens good, all good the time. You'll, you'll get these, like, Lotto Max or whatever. And, mm. like, quite often... Twelve winners. Yeah, or even if yeah, if you're talking about like people that buy in groups for work or something like that. But even Mm -hmm. aside, and that's kind of the situation they're in. It's like, you know, if if you bought tickets for your office and you walked in there and you put down to buy like ten tickets, it's like, well, I'm the one who bought the tickets. 
but everybody else chipped in the money. But, you know, maybe there was one guy there that didn't chip in that week, but has chipped in for the last 10 years, and he and you knew that he meant to. It's like, do you cut him out then? It's like, well, these are all kind of questions. But anyway. The end of the story uh, is the spokesperson, or the chair chairwoman of the Chase the Ace in, uh, in Marguerite K. Breton, says she was disappointed that the controversy has overshadowed the fundraising event. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people lose track of in the whole thing. It's like, this isn't just gambling. at a, I mean, a VLT or, you know, 649 or Lotto Max, those, I mean, some of that money does absolutely go into, uh, you know, uh, charities and stuff like that because the Atlantic Lottery Commission does that. But it goes into posters large, in the bathroom to call a number if you think your friend has a problem. Exactly. That's a gambling. lot of the money from gambling goes back into gambling rehabilitation. But Which is, well, it's its own know, thing. We're it's, not going to solve gambling. Well, it's you're not going to ever solve it because the government makes way too much money off. We're of not right? going to solve problem gambling. It's you're not anyway. All right, moving on. Moving to, on. The other crazy woman. Yeah. I oh, know. Broken. Broken yeah. woman. Broken I, woman. Again, I don't want to insult crazy people. Yeah. I know a lot of crazy people that you are pretty You certainly cool. do. Broken woman by the name of Gail Benoit. Do not buy her dogs. No. Yeah, she's uh, she's been on the news. I did a quick, you know, googly box search here. And, <laughs> I mean, it goes right back to 2013 in the news on CTV with, uh, you know, she's charged with assault, she's charged with this, she's charged with that. And, you know, it, it's just, it's a cycle. And this is kind of, my point wasn't necessarily to speak about her and how horrible she is, but what she does, initially she was a puppy mill purveyor. She mm. would breed these dogs in horrific conditions, take the puppies, raise them until they were just barely old enough, and then fire them off to these less than um stellar reputation pet shops which incidentally is was every pet shop at the time every pet shop you remember every pet yep. shop used to have cats and dogs they all mm -hmm. used to have puppies and then sometime like in the last 10 years uh the government said no no pet stores are allowed to carry dogs and cats anymore you can carry like small things like mice and hamsters and whatever and fish and they're like, that's it. You can't carry cats and dogs anymore because they're being bred and raised in these horrible conditions. And you guys are snapping them all up and selling them to people who don't know how to take care of them. And it's just leading to a huge problem. Um, so they said no more. So that kind of put her out of business. But then she started doing, instead of what she was doing, which was just, you know, raising mutts and selling them to pet stores, is she decided to start stealing people's animals. And usually, you know... You see that guy walking down the road and he's got like two or three purebred pugs or poodles or German shepherds or, you know, whatever. Usually small dogs, I guess, because she wouldn't get her, would want to get her face torn off. But, you know, you see these people with these dogs and, you know, despite what you, despite my opinion on buying these designer dogs, which is just ridiculous in my opinion, um, she would go and say, oh, that person lives there. Wait till that person leaves home, break in, steal these dogs, take off, and sell them out of a parking out of the back of her car in a parking lot somewhere. Oh, look, I mean, I, I know we've discussed that she is a broken human being, but that that's quite an escalation, isn't it? That's that's a horrifying thing to do. I mean, for a lot of people, that's on par. And you know, I understand that this is hyperbole, but for a lot of people, that's like stealing their children and selling them. Because a lot of people, I mean, everybody that has a dog or a cat really cares for that animal generally 
Not everybody, hmm. obviously, because she doesn't. But, you know, normal people that have a dog care for that animal and don't want to see it stolen. And uh, but... I'm just trying to parse out the logic in my head of, oh, hmm, I can't, you know, I can't breed dogs and sell them to pet stores anymore. Well, so, what's another dogs. thing I can do? What's the most logical next step? You know, I'm at about a four. So and a lot next... of this comes from the fact that the government keeps pushing her further and further into a wall and reducing her other avenues for getting animals. Because every time she does this, and this is not like she's done this once or twice, this has been a cycle in that's been on the new on the local news for the better part of a decade now. And every time she gets caught and she goes to jail, and then the government says, "Oh, you can no longer have you're no longer allowed to have dogs." Um, but I mean, it doesn't matter to her clearly because she's willing to do the time for, and to continue to do the crime, and that's. That was my point, and you see this quite a bit around here, is you get these people who will go to jail for whatever, for, you know... Pet, petty crime of, of whatever... Well, some are petty, but I mean, some are not. Uh, and, and, like, petty crime, like, if you get picked up with, you know, a pocket full of weed, or you get picked up for, you know, all, like, yes. little, little piddly things that really, it's like, come on, in the grand scheme of things, yes, this is not good, and they shouldn't be doing it, but, you know... There's if, other... if you repeatedly get picked up for literally breaking into people's houses, taking yes. their stereo and selling it for, you know, pound of crack or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, th- so there's some people really that nice get... TV, I'm just thinking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you pound a crack for a TV? What kind of, you that's, bring that's it, not bad. You're, that's... you're bringing it to Vic's house. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yes, Vic has a nice, nice TV breaking into his house. Yeah, um, not anymore. He has kids now. He's not allowed to have nice things. <laughs> um, but... Uh, you know, so you can you can go to jail and then you get back out of jail. But what what yeah what you brought up is after you have gone to jail for this crime, you come back out and you're pretty much the first thing you do is go right like, back to it. It's, it's like, I mean well, they they it happens. I mean I'm sure it happens everywhere. Don't get me wrong, but it's such a big thing that you see around here that I mean that's part of what the world renowned Trailer Park Boys show is all about. You know, it's these it's these screw ups who just keep going to jail for the same thing over and over every season they're back in jail for the same thing and they never learn and it makes me wonder clearly these people the the, these gail benoits of the world are never going to learn like what they what they do and then going to jail they come back out and they do it again so clearly whatever punishment the government is imposing upon them whatever whatever thing whatever the legal system is doing is not not impressing upon them that they should probably stop doing that. It's not like it's worth it for them to continue to break the law rather than think about if I break the law again, I'm going back to jail. Is it worth it? I guess it is. Let's continue to do it. So is there something like you mentioned off mic that, that things tend to ramp up? Like if you get caught driving while drunk, it's that's a heinous thing to do because you're not only putting your like putting yourself in danger is one thing. If you go skiing, you put yourself in danger, mm-hmm. but putting and others everyone in around danger, you in everyone around you in in danger. You're going up on the highway, which you know for some people is dangerous at the best of times, and <laughs> you're going up there and you you you're so drunk you can barely see, but you're just driving along, going down the wrong way, down the divided highway, doing 160, and you know, somebody's going to get killed. So and the, the funny first thing you... about that is, since you've been drinking, if you get in an accident, you have a better chance of surviving because you'll just go limp. Yeah, 
and you'll probably and you hear about that all the time too. Someone drives drunk, killed six people. Yep, and and, you know, and then survived. they're you know they go to jail for whatever, and their months, lawyer gets them off few, sometimes, few months, two weeks, for... couple years, maybe depending on severity of the of the problem, and. Then all of a sudden you're you know you're out again, and you're three months up. later you're picked up for drunk driving again. And every well, time you do it, the, the 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 fine does ramp up, but it ramps up to a maximum. And eventually, if you're willing to continue to drive at this point without a license, because after enough DUIs you won't get a license, you won't get your license back. But then but you just drive without a license. You just drive without a license, because I mean, what are they going to do? They're already going to get you for driving drunk. So mm-hmm. driving without a license is that's nothing. You get fined, you take, you get your car impounded, but then you go get another one for 400 bucks yeah. because, yeah, I mean, we, we live, we live in a specific area and it's, it's referred to as a have not province. <laughs> and I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that the rural outside the main, we have one city in this province and outside of there is pretty much, I don't want to say it's like the wild west, but it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's something. It's its there's, own thing. It's like there's rural, definitely, yeah, there's definitely maritime pockets. Canada. Yeah, you have. I mean, there's a reason why Trailer Park Boys was filmed here, and because it's kind of a lot like that in a lot of areas. I mean, you'll get pockets like Wolfville and um, like New Minus, and these these areas that are not cities, but they're yeah. they're civilized for the most part. Like you can or go they to pretend Walmart, to be at least on the surface. Yeah, yeah. and you, you like you can go to Walmart without fear of getting you know shot or jacked or up or someone, whatever. Yeah pooping on the floor yeah like this is probably not going to happen here but i mean you start going out into the other areas and you know people just don't care about the laws in a lot of places because there's no repercussions to breaking them i want to set off fireworks anytime at all you know despite the whatever this that and the other thing i want to go shoot off guns just do what you like yeah it's like i gotta you know not again not me some of these people are like oh i got a (laughs) bunch of guns in my house um, you know, oh, I, I don't, I'm not registering. You know, yeah, I guess you don't need to register your guns anymore. But you know, it's like, oh, I'm not getting the appropriate paperwork and blah, 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 and government, blah, blah, blah. And you get that's no not one ever everybody. checks up on me. Like, yeah, it's a thing. Nobody ever checks I, up on me. The one I hear about the most around here is they all say, oh yeah, I'm driving up over the the mountain there, and I can go as fast as I like because there's never any cops on that road. Yep. And I think, what a satisfyingly real safe sentence to hear yourself <laughs> say out loud. Yeah. What a great I mean, thing to say. It happens in a, in a lot of areas. You'll get, you know, this demonization of the police. And it's kind of like the police are there for a reason. And yes, if I, everybody likes to speed. Everybody likes to go down the highway doing like 120. Going and, as fast as they feel like going. Because yeah. I, I, I had this conversation with a friend of mine yesterday. We were, we were going on a, a long drive. We just kind of cruised around the province, really. And I, I, I brought it back to the thing that bothers me the most, or the thing that I notice the most on the road, that you can bring every single, oh, I hate that guy. He's doing this. You're noticing people do effectively whatever they – they have made themselves the most important person mm-hmm. on the planet in that moment. Yep. You know, this is why you have a, a, a line of cars in the right-hand lane, and one guy whips down the left lane and then merges at the last second. Yeah. And that yeah. happened because that that driver decided that they were the – they were way more important than the lineup of people waiting to go right. The absolute, like, completely broken prior, prioritization that's in some people's brains. Like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, you'll see somebody that'll just blast down a short path and lane to cut in or, or like, even, like, force somebody else over to, so they can yep. get back in, even though there's, like, clearly nowhere to get in up there. It's like, you seriously, like, 
I understand that that like driving habits are driving habits and you get ingrained to drive a certain way, even if it's wrong, but it's like, you've just traded the 17 seconds that it, that you would have saved by doing that for potentially a dozen people's lives. Mm -hmm. Like it, this is seriously in your head makes sense. But the, these are these reasonings behind things. You know, this yeah. is this is why you break into houses and steal dogs. This yes. is why you drive drunk. This yes. is why you demand money from your nephew Maybe who got it's... you the ticket in the first place. It's because you are just, no, I am more important than everybody right now. This self-entitled... Mm. And I don't know if it's a if it's a generational thing like this modern age nah, the last twenty like years that. or so, or if it's been this way for a very very long time. The whole "what's in it for me, what's in it for me" has been there forever. Yeah, and I think that's a general. It's probably. I mean, it's probably a, 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 a an instinctual thing in humans. Like, but it's probably since we've evolved to this point where being that way doesn't just mean that maybe the guy next to you doesn't get a piece of bison, but maybe means that you've just killed half of the town in today's society. Maybe we need to relearn. And I think for the most part, most people have, because you don't see everybody talks about, Oh, everybody on this road doesn't know how to drive, but really it's like half of a percent of the people that are out there are really the ones causing trouble because otherwise you'd hear, like, I know the police are busy, but they'd be doing nothing. But poli- they have this new thing now called stunting. You know, I just kind of, yeah. st- I, I did a quick jump there, but it's this stunting because they had to come up with something that was more intense than speeding. Mm-hmm. Because we because were having people, people on these divided highways that were like on motorcycles doing like 280 kilometers an hour going down yep. the highway. And it's like. At how what wide, point do you how like spread just, is this law? Is this a Canadian thing, or I don't know if it's in the U.S. as well? Because stunting is pretty new as a it, it, yeah. I really don't, I I wouldn't even be able to hazard a guess to that. But yeah, it's like <laughs> why is, you are speeding, but you are going twice the posted speed limit. Yeah, okay. it's like where is they your needed brain? a new like, rule for that? So yeah. so what's going to be the one for for three times when we get up to th- you know if you're going three Hyper times stunting. the posted speed? You're <laughs> Definitely hyper. <laughs> but anyway, I'll, I'll I mean, be, yeah, yeah, your light speeding. I, just, I guess the point, my, my point, my original point is that kind of got lost in the last twenty minute ramble. Was is there everybody's stupid except us? Everybody's stupid except <laughs> us. But is there a way? Is there something that the justice system, the justice system, works more or less right to keep society more or less in check? Because if 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 you or I were caught doing, if we were caught speeding, chances are. I mean, we, we probably wouldn't stop speeding or we would at least stop for a long time and then maybe slowly start to ramp up to it. But if we were doing something that we got some serious time for, you know, like I don't even like there's nothing you or I would even do that we would get some serious time for. But, you know, if we did, you know, get caught up in some sort of scenario like, well, OK, I'm never hanging out with those guys again because that's the trouble I got into when I was with that group kind of thing. You know, like, I forget which small town I was living in, but. I heard this was an anecdote, you know, friend of a friend type thing. And they said, oh, that guy. Yeah, he's he's the guy that, you know, he he goes around. He pretty much just drinks beer on his property all summer. And then in order to not pay to heat his house in the wintertime, he just like does some sort of petty theft somewhere 
tries to knock off a gas station so that he can be put in jail around fall Mm -hmm. so that he can have, you know, nice. And essentially it comes down to, I think it's, I I will get this nice paid for room and board Mm -hmm. for the winter. That's kind of spring. And then I'm, I'm set. And that's, I mean, that's ridiculous, but that's kind of almost like the theme of, of trailer park boys as well. They make it, I keep going back to this well, because it's so, it's so obvious that they're, that they're parodying, not just a ridiculous, um, mythology but like this is actually yes. it's, it's 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 a caricature but it's a character of things that actually happen it's actual because, reality i know yeah it's, I think it's like part they're, of the popularization of it early on of that show was especially around here in yeah. most of the maritime provinces was everyone watched it and said i know a guy like that yeah and again it's it's clearly uh, oh that's like exa- tim oh man exagger- he's such a tim it's clearly an exaggeration but it's it's also equally clear that this kind of stuff does happen and they but they show whenever they're in jail they generally show you know oh they're out having a good time they're playing sports in the yard they're making booze and selling it and you know they're getting their weed and all that kind of stuff and it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like is this i fully expect that the jail is not actually like this because I know that like they always portray the guards and the cops are being like so totally stupid that these morons can outsmart them in a lot of situations. And but it's like I know that that's not actually clearly that's not the case. I mean, police officers are not nearly as stupid as they make them seem on that show. Nobody is. But yeah, it, it's kind of like is maybe that the issue? Maybe it's it's too comfortable to go to jail because I mean, clearly you can't beat them with a rubber hose, but maybe make it. I don't know. I don't know what they can remember, do to remember make that it. heritage moment that we used to watch. Yes, we, we used to we used to get these awesome Canadian heritage moments. We learn all about Canadian history, and that's how we learned how you know the Halifax explosion and all sorts of whatnot. <laughs> but one of the ones was was about uh, a woman who tried to get jails to be less capital Barbaric. punishment. Yeah, ish. Yeah, and when I saw that, I was I mean I was a kid. I was around thirteen when I watched that, and I watched that, and I thought. Um, part of our heritage is when someone decided that jails should be more humane. Yeah. And I thought, okay, I can see where you're coming from, but should they also not be a deterrent? Where effectively we've turned in it, to, to a certain mind, and maybe not the most you know advanced mind, but to a certain mind around here, a jail is a free bed and breakfast. Mm-hmm. It's like a winter hotel that, that you go to. And there's I, I know there are many mentalities around jail and Jennifer. One of my favorite movies is a George Clooney movie. I don't do you ever watch Out of Sight? George nope. Clooney, Jennifer Lopez? No. Nope. Regardless of everything, George Clooney's in jail and he's calling his contact and outside of jail so he can then uh, figure out the plan of getting of, he's trying to escape from a jail. So he calls up and and the person says, oh, yeah, why don't you do all this? And, and he says, oh, wow, listen to you out there in the free world. And the person outside of jail just mocks and says, what's free about it? And it was that quick little interaction between two characters. And I thought, wow, that's amazingly insightful. How a person in jail who is effectively paying for nothing, they're just paying with their time. Hmm. They just have to hang out there. Is saying, oh, I hate it in here. I'm not a free man. And if you look at someone else on the outside, you know, trying to pay rent from this awful slum to this awful slumlord holding down two jobs, trying to just make ends meet, isn't jail a better situation than that? Hmm. It's all about your perception. It is. Speaking of perception, I don't think we really had any isms today, but uh, in place of isms, I wanted to go over. We got, we got a tweet. Did we? at Sean and Ross Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Sean and Ross, or you can email us Sean and Ross podcast at gmail.com. 
But on our Sean and Ross uh, Twitter, and this was a request from uh, our friend Cricket out in Toronto. Hey, Sauce and Ron, side note, Sauce and Ron should be what we called the uh, Twitter uh, account, but I wasn't smart enough. Hey, Sauce and Ron, put our picture on your podcast. That's from Ben, Cricket, and Aiden. Put and our thought, picture. Their, their put, picture? Yeah, the picture. This picture that I'm looking at, it is now oh. on the podcast, but uh, there. Uh, <laughs> it's not a... It's not, not a, a visual medium, guys. Yeah, it's not. So just, you know, send send us a send us an audio file or something, and we'll, we'll we'll squeeze that in somehow. In fact, oh oh, better yet, better yet, if you or someone you care about has some <laughs> original music uh, that you want to throw together, say in approximately five to seven minutes <laughs> in audacity with a couple of tracks, <clears throat> like I do, uh, send us that, and we'll make it a theme song. It's on the soundtrack. Yeah. No, I uh, as you said that we got a tweet. I'm like. I oh wonder if we got any email because I haven't actually checked that email in like a month. So <laughs> Wait, I just logged in. Email. Oh, I I have our email address, and and I just logged into that, and I'm like, nope, still empty. Good, good. I, there's no like hate mail backed up because we you know dumped on Trump at one point or something. I don't know. That's uh, pff, our friends aren't like that. But you, we've we've got a we've got a Twitter message. Yeah. What is it? No, I, isn't that what you just said? That that they tweeted that at you. Or, yeah, but that was two weeks ago. Yeah, no. I'm saying our email address. Keep up. Anyway, doesn't I was, matter. I was so confused. Yeah. But that's the end of this. Uh, join us next week when we'll talk about some more stuff. And I, I was thinking about uh, the potential for guest guest stars. We might try to have a guest star like on every, I don't know. We'll start with the big 10th episode. We might have a guest. Yes. So if you or someone you care about <laughs> wants to be a guest on the show, uh, let Ross know. Right and, now uh, at, uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't Sean, really care what you think. Care of Nova Scotia, t- top of the hill, Spider Mountain yep. Lane, Spider Mountain, Face Break Winery, a- a- area code uh, B H O H O H O. So many stupid Canadian jokes in that few uh, seconds. Excellent. Signing out. See you next week. Two weeks. Damn it! I do that every time. in there, man. We're not but humble pirates. <laughs>